Welcome to Fandom Night, the show that believes that Wolverine may be the only superhero left that can rock mutton chops and still be considered cool. I'm your host, William Bush, known on Reploid Productions as Reploid Bill. Today I'll be going over the second issue of The Amazing Spider-Man, but first, let's get some things out of the way. First thing to get out of the way, on the last episode, you heard a buzzing. This is because my phone was, of course, on me, and rather than set to silent, I have it on vibrate, so it did the buzz, 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 and uh, it came over the recording. I heard it when I re-listened to it. I don't think it ruined the episode, but I'll try to keep that from not happening. Now, next thing I need to get out of the way is, of course, the contact information. If you would like to talk to us or let us know something or critique us or even make fun of us, you can find me both on Google Plus and Facebook as William Bush. You can also find me on reploidproductions.com. That's as one word, reploidproductions at gmail.com is also another one, and that's also one word. We are on iTunes. Very rarely, sometimes we're on other channels too. Uh, YouTube, of course, as I mentioned, YouTube, eBlogger, iTunes are the three majors. But we are connected around different networks. Even even sometimes on Podkicker, though, I we're not on there nearly nearly as much as anything else. Anyways, getting on with it. Uh, the last, the last one I thought went really well, so we're going to keep the same format, and we're going to go over The Amazing Spider-Man Issue 2, and just, uh, just talk some more Spider-Man. So, The Amazing Spider-Man Issue 2, of course, it says right here on the cover, great new Spider-Man thrillers, and two great new supervillains featuring the Vulture and the Terrible Tinkerer. The Tinkerer. I never liked this bad guy. I always thought he was really stupid, but whatever. There's this really, really great page. The cover is a really great page. It's the city, and it looks really, really sweet, and the vulture's flapping around, and Spider-Man seems to have uh, grabbed a couple of his wings, but it looks like they snapped a couple of his feathers, and it it looks like he's starting to fall, and he's like, Oh, no! This is a really sweet cover. I like this. It makes the Vulture look a lot more awesome than he really is. Now, going to the first page, we have the Vulture and Spider-Man, and Spider-Man has a hold of his leg, and he's got those... He the, Like, this time, the web pits are really massive. They're connected all the way down at, like, the middle of his butt and go all the way up to, the to like, his wrist. But they look really cool, actually. I kind of like the way they look. But anyways, he's got his leg, and he's got the other fist raised high, and he looks like he's going to come into the vulture's face. And the vulture, this old guy, actually does look pretty menacing. Like, he looks very vulture-like. It was a pretty cool idea when they did him. And I have to say that this scene alone does make it look really cool, because it's just... It's very much an action splash page. It looks very, very awesome. And I have to give credit here to Steve Ditko, who, of course, was the artist of this. Ditko did some good work on these first couple books. Uh, Stan Lee, of course, did the story. And John Duffy 
did the lettering. Now remember, in the last book, I pointed out that it was D-U-F-F-I. Well, in this one, it looks like, I don't know if this is a typo or if they fixed his name. I'll know by the next issue. Uh, this time it's D-U-F-F-Y. So, now I do remember, and I think it's this issue exactly. I think there's a screw-up in this issue. They uh, they messed up Peter Parker's name, actually. And uh, if I get to it, if I get to it, I'll uh, I'll let you know. It might have been in the last issue. I might have looked looked right by it. Actually, there's one issue where they screwed up, and instead of calling him Peter Parker, they kept calling him Peter Palmer. And when I come to that issue, it's not this issue. When I come to it, I'll be sure to point it out. Or if I if I somehow skipped over it, I'll come back and talk about it. But let's go ahead and start this Spider-Man story. First thing you see is the shadow of a vulture flying over over this uh, little city area here. And he swoops down on this guy. And he takes the briefcase from the guy and flies right away. And they're like, oh my god, I don't believe it. I thought he didn't exist. And they say, it's impossible, it can't be. How can he fly? They're freaking out. This was back when you're talking about the era like Stilt Man and things like that where... Just simply being really tall could be a superpower. All this dude does is fly. He's just a brittle old dude who flies. That's it. That's that's the extent of his power. And I'm sorry, I know you just heard my, my phone go off. It's somebody's birthday on Facebook. I'm sorry about that. Um, Let's see. Okay, we go in, of course... J. Jonah Jameson's office is here. It says, uh, I want to devote the next entire issue of the Now magazine to the Vulture. And uh, keep printing stories about Spider-Man also. I'll never rest until the dangerous menace is destroyed. So, you see him, he's, he's got this, uh, like they go into the office and he's holding a picture of Spider-Man. And this other guy has a picture of a bird. I think it's supposed to be the vulture, but it looks like a hummingbird. And it says, nobody can get a good picture of this guy. This is an artist's drawing. And he's like, no more excuses. You get me pictures of the vulture, or I'll get some new editors. We then flip over to the, uh, the school setting, of course. And now Magazine is sitting here, and Flash Gordon says, Boy, I'd like to see a close-up photo of the vulture. A photo of the vulture would be worth a fortune, Liz says. And that kind of gives Peter an idea. He's over there uh, he's over there writing in a book and kind of doing his science experiment. And he said he says, uh, I bet Spider-Man could get those close en- I bet Spider-Man could get close enough to take a picture of the vulture. So he goes home and he asks his Aunt May if they have a camera, and she's like, Oh yeah, your uncle had this camera. He says, Thanks, Aunt May. This little gadget is going to be a great help when it comes to paying for our bills. So I'm guessing he already discussed it with her that he's going to try to be a photographer for this Daily Bugle or wherever else he can sell his pictures. So he goes into his room and he gets his spider costume already, getting his web shooters and everything set up. And the vulture, of course, is sitting there planning his next big crime. He's like, no, no, I'm evil. <laughs> So, they'll probably be expecting me to try something like flying down to get these gems, but I won't do that. 
Let's see, uh, the next scene here, he's flying across the city, and he says, I'll toss a message in here. So he tosses, he's, he's basically telling them, he throws this message right into this store and says, I shall steal the diamond shipment from under your noses, the vulture. So he's also one of those criminals that has to give away the fact that he's going to do something. He wants you to know He's, he's got the classic criminal problem. He wants to be caught, almost. They say it's a psychological screw-up in most criminals. Uh, well, serial killers, from what I understand, will have a real problem with this, so I'm surprised he never moved in that direction. Let's see. He lands on a roof. Spider-Man tries to sneak up behind him, but the vulture does this ridiculous, giant, like, flip move. He, like, jumps ridiculously into the air. This isn't even something that should be possible. Like, just because he has this flight suit, he, like, does a ridiculous jump. It's gotta be like, let's see, if we count Spider-Man as, let's say, let's just call him five feet for argumentative purposes. So that's five, ten, fifteen, twenty feet into the air at the very least is how big this dude jumps. He jumps twenty feet into the air, then he falls backwards and goes into his glide and kicks Spider-Man in the back of the head. In one hit, Spider-Man is down. He flies him up to this water tank and drops him inside the water tank. I feel like Spider-Man should have been able to survive that kick. But at the same time, if the Vulture is manly enough to jump 20 feet into the air, then maybe, maybe he couldn't survive that kick. Because that right there is manly. So... Spider-Man is swimming, and he can't get out. He keeps trying to grab the wall, and he keeps slipping, which I'm not sure why water makes that so impossible. The water messes up his webs, and he can't shoot. He says, I forgot to refill. Oh, no, he forgot to refill, and he carried no extras with him. This was before the belt, I'm guessing. So he dives down to the bottom of the tank, takes a stance, almost like a runner stance, and then leaps. Like, just tremendous leap right up through the water, out of the water, and out of the tank. Now he's safe, and he's like, I'll be sure to get the vulture back for this one. He goes home, and now Magazine has an article that says, Spider-Man must seriously be caught. He sits there working on some new stuff. He creates a belt that goes under his suit and it's filled with web cartridges, uh, re refills for his web suit, for his web shooters. So now he has the belt, and he has plenty of web with him all the time, so that part of the superhero is found out. Now this is what I'm talking about when I talk about Spider-Man. Spider-Man is not a coming-of-age story for a man, for a boy that becomes a man. He is learning how to be a hero. He made an ignorant mistake. He somehow believed that simply loading the web cartridges into the web shooters was like infinite, that they weren't going to run out. But he's tossed into this water, and he tries to use the webs, and he's run out of webs. That is such a ridiculously amateur mistake, but that's part of what I loved about him. He was a 15-year-old kid who had to learn how to be a hero. It wasn't just given to him. That's that's one of the things that has drew me to this character for years, is that even when he has the power to win, he won't necessarily win 
because there's still things about the world that he's figuring out. You watch him become a hero, and this was one of those moments where he went home and he was like, the vulture almost killed me. And he creates this belt, so now he's got one more part of his superhero thing put together. He goes to J. Jonah Jameson's the next day here, and he tells him that he's got a picture of the vulture. I, I forgot to mention that, I'm sorry. He was sneaking up behind the vulture to take that picture. Uh, he says, okay, okay, you have your little secret, because uh, he won't tell Jameson how he got the pictures. He says, uh, it doesn't matter how you get them. The point, the point is, these pictures will make the next issue of Now a sellout. I'll issue a check to you immediately. He says, and remember, Mr. Jameson, I don't want my name used. You can merely give credit to a Now Magazine staff photographer. So he kind of screwed himself into this position where... He would always be not really an employee, but more of like a random gun, a freelancer, and it it's kind of a, it's kind of a dumb decision on his part, and at the same time, it's kind of a brilliant decision because he doesn't want his name out there. He doesn't want people to like know that he's taking all these pictures because all of a sudden, if they knew, it'd be just like the uh, just like the second movie on the Sam Raimi thing, the Dr. Octopus knows that he has to go find Spider-Man, he doesn't know how, and his name comes up, he's like, Peter Parker takes pictures of Spider-Man for the bugle, make him tell you where he is. Well, right there, you've put yourself in this dangerous situation. Now, he can handle danger, but as Parker, he shouldn't be handling danger, because it's not going to be good for him in the long run. He goes back to school, receives crap from everybody. They basically tell him, don't be scared, Bookworm will protect you because they're all going out to see how the Vulture is going to steal the gems that he promised he was going to steal. Now, they come out of the truck, the armored truck pulls up, and there's also an armored helicopter up in the sky, so they're really trying to watch this stuff crazy. They're walking towards the building when all of a sudden... The, the vulture is manly. Did I mention the vulture is unreasonably manly? The vulture somehow instinctively knows that they're just right there by the manhole cover, and with one arm, he f flings the manhole cover up. It, it's literally jumping about two and a half feet up, and it's completely, it's completely going to fall back. Like he didn't just lift it, he threw this thing off. It's probably still in flight. He'll probably get four foot, five foot lift off the manhole cover with one arm while he was climbing up the ladder, and he does it so quick that he flips this one manhole cover up while reaching up, grabs the suitcase, and the cop with the shotgun doesn't even react, and he pulls the case out of the guy's hand, goes into the sewers, flies down a path, comes across the subway tunnels, and then flies up across the subway entrance to go back to the skies. The vulture is manly. I don't know why he's manly. It doesn't make sense that he's manly. But the vulture has super strength. Now, Parker, of course, sees this, and he changes into his Spider-Man persona. Climbs up the building. 
uses his spider sense to detect where he is, and then jumps off the roof with a web line, but once again the vulture swoops down low and then comes up behind him. And, of course, at this point, he's like, where did he go? Where did he go? He hasn't learned to trust the spider instinct 100% yet. So, he's more focused on holding the camera and trying to get another picture. And the vulture swoops down low, comes across the building, flies back up, and pushes Parker off the building. And Parker's like, oh, noes. Well, one thing that Parker is, I guess, a good thing for, he did web the camera to his wrist, so he couldn't drop it. As he starts to fall, he webs the vulture's foot and then pulls himself up and grabs a hold of it with his hand. At this point, they're struggling in the sky, and he he, he goes into his, his belt where he's made a device that he's figured out that the vulture's flight depends on a, a type of magnetic frequency. So he created a, a device which will break that frequency, it will disrupt it, and then he won't be able to fly. So he goes down onto his belt, that's the new belt that he just put together, we talked about that, that he was putting gadgets and whatnot on the belt. He's not Batman, he has, he has a little magnetic disruptor, a camera, a spotlight, some web cartridges. So that's what he's got going on. He pushes this button, it messes up the guy's flight, the vulture starts to fly, says, what did you do? I can't stay aloft. You'll kill us both. Spider-Man jumps, basically releases his leg, grabs, tries to grab onto the, uh, to the case, but I'm guessing that he misses the case because he, he doesn't have it in the next scene. The vulture still has it and they're both falling. He shoots a web line, saving himself, and just lets the vulture fall to the next building. So the vulture spirals down and lands, and he's like, oh my god. And he's like, I got the wind knocked out of me. But it looks like he fell a long time, and for a dude that old, he has super strength. I'm telling you. Now, as the cops show up and arrest him, because he can't get off his butt, because he had to have done more than get the wind knocked out of him, Spider-Man shoots a couple photos. He gets a couple photos of the helicopter taking him away. He credits himself for being such a genius using the magnetic inverter. And then he goes to sell pictures to Mr. Jameson. He says, tell me, Parker, are you a magician? How, do you, how does a teenager like you manage to get shots like this? He says, remember our deal, Mr. Jameson. That's my secret. Now, if you don't want the pics, and he's like, oh, nonsense, of course I want the pics. And he pays him. Parker goes home, tells his aunt, here's some money. Uh, we have nothing. Uh, here, uh, aunt May, this money means you're not going to have to worry about anything again. I paid the rent for a full year, and tomorrow I'm buying you the next, the newest kitchen appliance that you drooled over. Now, these pictures must have actually been worth, quite literally, a fortune. He paid rent for a year. Now, in 1960, this is a little different, but it still goes down to the same prospects. Oh, of course, we see the vulture, and he's like, oh, I'll get you, Spider-Man, while he's in jail. But I want to stop here for a second. I want to talk. 
if he paid rent for an entire year, and it seems to be it seems to be spring or summer where he's at. So it can't be summer because they're in school, so it's spring. Now he pays in March. If you take your bills and you figure that rent, now I'm just gonna get let's say that your rent is six hundred dollars. I don't know for sure. I'm just gonna put this uh the last two places that I've been at were 550 and uh there was a 600 to 550 and then I got lucky and landed a 540. So, if I paid for an entire year up front, <laughs> you it's just ridiculous. Like, look, I need to be a photographer. That's what I'm trying to say here. I need to be a photographer because he had enough money to pay rent for an entire year and buy a new kitchen appliance, and hand his aunt like half of his wad of money, and he still has a wad of money in his hand. And that also means that Jameson is rich like crazy. We now go to the next story in our, in our Spider-Man book here, our issue two. And it's a story by Stan Lee, art by Steve Ditko still, and then lettering this time by a man named Art Simek. So, the terrible tinkerer. And it shows this old creepy dude. And he's shooting like a very 1950s sci-fi laser gun. And Spider-Man looks like he's getting hit by it. And it says, uh, he looks so harmless. And yet the tinkerer is one of the greatest menaces I have ever faced. Okay, we go here, we have Parker, and he's working on a science experiment. And he gets offered to help this scientist with some work. He goes to help the scientist with some work, and the scientist asks him if he could pick up a radio. And he's like, yeah, I can go do that. He wants to get there quick, so he turns into Spider-Man, webs across the city, shows, shows up there, and... The Tinkerer Repair Shop. He goes in and he asks the doctor for the radio. And the doctor's, the, the, sorry, he asks the Tinker. Tinker says he'll be back in a minute. He goes down this long stairwell. Goes in, goes behind like this iron door where there's this alien working on a radio. Says, I have inserted our special device. He will never suspect that there is now much more than a simple radio in here. And he says, thank you. Uh, so far, none of our special customers suspect what we have done to their radios while we were supposed to be repairing them. He takes the radio, gets a little bit of a spider sense, but ignores it, and goes back to the lab to work with the doctor. The doctor says that he has a lecture at the Institute, and that he'll be back in a few hours, and then Spider-Man keeps wondering... Well, Parker keeps wondering why this radio set off his spider sense, so he opens it up. He says, that does it, now I'm through kidding around, because he sees that there's a lot of stuff in this radio. This is not just a radio, something's going on. He says, he says uh, this is no order, ordinary radio, uh, that's where the impulses were coming from. That's all he says about it. Spider-Man swings back to the shop goes through the guy's roof, 
goes through like he has a sunlight like a like a an area some windows above he jumps down those windows goes down the stairwell opens up the door and finds at first he's just watching some stuff and then an alien finds him and he's like a spy and he gets the spider sense so he jumps into the room just barely getting missed by the 1950s gun and then all the other aliens see him and they're like oh my god these two guys try to run at him. He jumps out of the way. They run into each other and he climbs up the wall. And then uh, he says, if he escapes with knowledge of our plans, we're lost. They throw this thing at him. He catches it. It like, looks like a big radio. He then jumps off the ceiling and all these three guys grab onto him. He shakes them off, goes to run to the door, and they shoot him with this 1950s gun. It knocks him out. He wakes up in this glass dome. Says uh, he is the only mortal on earth to ever suspect our presence here. The only one who knows our master plan. There is no question about it. He must be destroyed. So they have him in this dome and I think they're draining. No, they're not draining the air. They're doing something with him. They don't say 100% how they're going to kill him. just says, within minutes you will no longer be a menace to us. And... They're, they're, I think it says uh, the air is being forced out through these tiny holes. So I think they're trying to suffocate him to death. But they gave him these tiny little holes where that's where the air is going out of. So he takes the he takes his webbing. Not a hundred percent sure as to how this works for him, but I'll explain it to you. Says the cartridge of web fluid. An adjusting spray nozzle, a palm release button, and a safety catch, which is how the thing works. And it shows that he can adjust just how much it shoots. So he shoots a line out of this tiny hole, and he gets an absolute perfect shot where he hits this button on the control panel, which he just happened to know was the release button, and the bottom of the dome falls out, and he falls onto the ground and punches this alien in the face, and he falls into another alien. And two aliens run as the room catches fire. He jumps to grab the tinkerer, who's trying to make a getaway. They struggle for a while. It looks like he throws a punch uh, behind all this smoke. And then he says, I can't see the smoke. It's blinding me. It's choking me. I've got to get away. He can't hold on to the tinkerer. And he climbs out that top window. Just as the cops are coming up on the building and they say, look, it's Spider-Man. He started the fire. So now he looks like a crook. And just as he's swinging away, he sees this spaceship lift out of Central Park and fly away. So he knows that something off-world and creepy was going on. He goes home. Yeah, well, sorry, he goes back to the scientists and it says, I've re-examined the radio and it's perfectly normal now. No devices, no impulses, Nothing. Here comes Dr. Cobwell. He looks excited. My boy, I just saw the most startling sight. And he says that he saw the ship and this and that. And he's like, he's like, sure, Doc, whatever. He turns around and then he's holding the mask, which I'm guessing that he ripped off of the face of the tinkerer. And it says, I know now how, I know, I know how the Doc feels. 
If not for this mask I yanked off the tinker in the last minute, I might not believe it myself, but they certainly were aliens. That is the end of issue two for Spider-Man. And as I said, if I had to rate this, I think the first story is good because it's, it's one of those milestones where it shows that he is growing as a hero, he is learning, and it's going to take time, but he will become one of the Earth's most prominent defenders. Now, the second story with the Tinkerer, I don't like that story at all. It gets a lot of credit, and I don't think that the credit is necessarily deserved. I really don't. I'm sorry. That's probably a terrible way to look at things, but it's just the way I see it. I can't understand why... I don't know. That story bores me. It really does. I think it's weak. That has been the second issue of Spider-Man. The third issue will actually feature one of the biggest bad guys in Spider-Man history. It is the Dr. Octopus issue. So I hope you look forward to that, and let me know what you guys think about the show, and yada yada, and I'll catch you guys later.